Welcome to We Built This Life. I'm your host, Jennifer Walker, and this is the podcast that mainly tells stories about entrepreneurs and small business owners and how they built their working lives from the ground up. This is episode 23, which will focus on Michelle Dickinson, a life and business coach who works with women who are at a turning point in their lives and their careers and who are wanting to get into entrepreneurship. Thank you so much for listening today. Hi there, and welcome to episode 23. I was so happy when Michelle Dickinson agreed to be on the show. We had been following each other on Instagram for a while, and as I mentioned, she is a life and business coach based in Pennsylvania, but her business is currently an online business, so she works with women who live anywhere. And the reason I was so interested in talking to her, well, there are many reasons, but one is that she has had a corporate career for a very long time, a very successful corporate career, and she shifted into becoming a life and business coach. She actually did both things for a while and just recently left her corporate career to focus on her business. So I thought she would have an interesting perspective. And I always start out when I'm interviewing people for this show by asking the people I'm talking to to kind of give an elevator pitch about their work and what they do. And Michelle said that she helps women who are at a turning point in their lives, as you heard in the intro, figure out their next steps and rediscover their passions. And this is a direct quote from Michelle. I specialize in helping them build legacies they're proud of through online businesses that make a difference in the world and in the lives of other people. I love that description. And Michelle's passion for her work really comes through when you talk to her. You'll hear that in the episode today. So on this episode, Michelle talks about her corporate career. She's worked for a well-known investment company since graduating from college and has advanced into leadership positions. As I said, she continued to work there while building her business until recently. And then she'll talk about that turning point when she realized that even though she was successful in her career, she wanted something more and how she realized that coaching was the field that she wanted to shift into. She'll also touch on building community through social media. You know, like I said, that's how I found Michelle. We were following each other on Instagram. I've always appreciated how responsive she is and how willing she is to connect through that platform. So she'll talk a little bit about that. She'll share how she found her first client, the services she offers, and a couple of client stories. So you can really get a sense for what Michelle does and the impact that other people have seen from working with her. I'm going to interject in the story a little bit to tell you about Michelle's latest group coaching program called Rewritten. She hadn't launched the program when we talked for this episode, but I think it's a really interesting one. So I want you to know what she's offering as far as group coaching. And then Michelle will touch on money and pricing and knowing your own worth, which I think is such an important topic for anyone working for themselves. She talks about balance, which is often a topic on this show, but in addition to her corporate career and her business, Michelle also has three kids and a husband, so I thought she would have a lot of insight when it comes to balance. And then, of course, I always ask about challenges and accomplishments, so we'll touch on that as well. That's, in a nutshell, everything that you're going to hear today on this episode. So thank you so much for listening today. I did want to mention here that if you listen to this show and you enjoy it and you ever want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would be amazing. I would be so, so grateful. It really helps people find the show and find these amazing stories from the wonderful guests who have been on this show. And it would totally make my day. So there's that too. Okay, let's get into this week's episode about life and business coach Michelle Dickinson. Michelle Dickinson didn't want to go to college. She wanted to do something creative, but she wasn't sure what that was at the time. This is when she was 
around 18, senior, graduating high school. She did end up pursuing higher education in a field that she thought would land her a good job. And she had the amazing career with a high salary until she reached that point where she realized she wanted something else career-wise, something more. I actually didn't want to go to college. I was supposed to go for summer orientation and stay overnight. And I had that like pang of anxiety. And I was like, I don't want to go. And they're like, well, what do you want to do? wasn't really sure what that was. And they were like, well, you can figure that out. We're going to go to college. So I kind of just picked a path that I knew that I would be good at and successful at and would land me like a decent paying job. So when I went into college, I studied accounting. However, I felt like the information was just so dry. It was like a pain going to classes because I just felt like the information was so boring. I think my vision at the time was to like be a CPA because I was like, I can make like a lot of money doing that and I can work at one of the world's leading accounting firms. So I basically studied accounting in college and then right out of college, I actually started working in an entry level position for one of the world's leading investment companies. And I have been there ever since. So once I started at my company, I decided I was going to go for my master's in tax and financial planning. So I did that. And, you know, when I entered the working world in corporate America, I was really excited. I was excited to just do a good job and to climb and to see where that path was going to take me. So I was essentially working in an entry level position where I was supporting large companies and they're kind of like the behind the scenes of their investment plans, their retirement plans, their 401k plans for their employees. So it was a lot of processing and a lot of operational work to just get into the company that I was working for. So it's like you start at the bottom, right? And you work your way up. So it wasn't necessarily steeped in what I had gone to school for at the time. Like it wasn't very tax focused. And I did that for about a, a year. And I wasn't really thinking at the time because I was so young, like about fulfillment. Like, <laughs> it's like, that wasn't even on my radar. It was like, no, you don't go to work to be fulfilled. Like you go to work to make money, to learn, to do a good job and you work your way up. So I honestly didn't really understand at the time, the concept of like being fulfilled through your work. I can't say that I hated my work at the time. I think I was just so young and so hungry to learn. I had such a thirst for knowledge and just understanding like how things worked. And I did a really good job at that. But again, it was like a year and a half in and I was like, this isn't really scratching the itch anymore. So like, what else would I want to be doing? And I did want, I was like, oh, I went to college for a reason, right? Like, let me try to get back to my roots. So I looked for a role that was more based in just everything that I had learned in college. And there was an opening on a team. It was a tax operations team supporting all of the federal and state withholding for large institutional retirement plans. So I moved over there and I learned that business. And again, that was another steep learning curve. And I think I just enjoy learning new things. So at the time, it wasn't like, oh, this isn't the work I want to be doing. I just wanted to learn it and do a really good job and just continue to make more money. That was truly my focus, like make more money, make more money, get promoted, climb, climb, climb. 
and I worked my way up to a leadership role. I, I spent about eight years in that department until I did want more. I was like, actually, I want to be in a leadership position. Like I had a desire to truly lead people and help people. And that was the last three years within that particular department I spent serving as a leader. Yeah, I had many, I guess, internal career moves, you could say, during my 17-year tenure at my corporate careers. But once I got older and I, I started having kids, I just, my whole perspective on life changed and what was important to me changed. And I always had this inner feeling of like, this is not what I meant to be doing. This is not my life's work. And it was, I think, right after I had my third baby and I was home on maternity leave, everything kind of came to a head because I had that time and I had that space to truly be with myself and to think like, geez, if I wasn't doing this, what else would I be doing? And I didn't know. And that really scared me because I feel like, you know, I was on the hamster wheel for so long and kind of just pursuing a path that I thought was the right path, the only path that would lead me to happiness and fulfillment. When I had everything that I had worked towards, right, I had this career, I had very quickly climbed my way to the top of the corporate ladder. I had the six-figure salary, right? I had beautiful children. I had a healthy marriage and I just felt empty inside. And I was like, why do I feel like this? And it was like that little whisper that just kept like scratching me and tapping me on the shoulder that I just couldn't ignore anymore. And I was like, all right, I feel like I have a life's purpose. I just don't know what that is. And that's really when I started to like go deeper into personal development, listening to self-development podcasts. I really wanted to explore my spirituality on a deeper level. And that all led me to the online coaching world and the first ever online group coaching program that I took. And that's when I was like, oh my goodness, it was a whole, a whole new world that had been unlocked for me. And that's truly where my journey into like self-discovery and entrepreneurship began. So it sounds like you had a lot of drive when you were pretty young, even, right? Like right out of college, you had a lot of drive to learn, to achieve, to sort of move forward. I would definitely say that I was focused on being an achiever. And I would say that I get that from my father, for sure. What's your father do? So my father is the vice president of kind of like global facilities management at Aramark, actually. He's been there for quite some time. He has a degree in engineering. He's a mechanical engineer. He's really good with his hands. I, he's a man who it's like, if you ask him to, <laughs> to do something, to fix something, like he just knows a lot about a lot. And I really admire that about him. But it wasn't easy for him to get to where he's at right now. He went back to school when we were young. He was always kind of working, learning. He worked like three different jobs at one point. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So he really, he worked his butt off to get to where he's at. He spent a lot of time actually working down at the Philadelphia International Airport. So he has had quite a journey to get to the top of his corporate career I think it's been a big part of like my why is that I guess part of me wanted to show him that like there's a different way when I started my business because I know he also had dreams of his own 
but I think, you know, he's at a point in life where he's like, well, it just kind of feels like it's a little too late for me. And one of my beliefs is that it's never too late to pursue your passion or to do work that you actually love. I love that. So that's a really good segue into talking about, so you had your third child and you were having this nagging feeling that you wanted something more. Did you know at this time that entrepreneurship was going to be it for you? You were just trying to figure out what the product or the service was going to be? At the time, I would say no. Entrepreneurship wasn't even on my radar. It was probably about a year and a half to two years of truly just trying to discover myself, understanding who I am, right? And I was asking myself all of those questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? How am I meant to help people? How can I like serve in a bigger way, in a deeper way, in a more intimate way? There were not many people in my family that pursued the entrepreneurial path outside of my father's father, my grand, my grandpa Joe. He had his own small business locally when we still lived in Southwest Philadelphia. And, you know, I didn't really get to experience what that experience was like for him. So unfortunately, all I really knew was corporate America and the corporate path. But once I started doing that self-discovery work, understanding me, understanding what am I actually good at? Where do my strengths lie? Like, what do I excel at? And what do I value in life? That's when I started to understand the way in which I wanted to help people. And then once I went through that first group coaching program, which was all about discovering your life's purpose, it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh my God, I want to help the same woman that I am, right? The woman who feels stuck, the woman who knows that she's made for more, the woman who feels maybe disconnected from herself and wants to explore herself on a deeper level. And that's when I started to see like, okay, I have all of this information now. I know what I'm passionate about. I'm pretty sure I know how, like how I want to help people and who I want to help. But like, how do I bridge that gap? And I think that was kind of like the missing link for me at the time was, okay, so I know that I, I want to be a life coach, but like, how do I actually get this thing going? And that's when I really tried to kind of like DIY it myself. For a long time, I was just online scouring the internet, looking for all of the freebies, like just trying to learn about the world of online coaching and online marketing and how to sell yourself. And it was a really steep learning curve. And I kind of just, you know, it's like when you consume so much information, it does you more harm than good because you don't really know how to like put all of the pieces of the puzzle together in a way that makes sense from a strategic perspective, from a strategic business perspective. And that's when I was like, I've been trying to do this myself for a really long time and it's not working. And that's when I decided I was going to hire a mentor and look for support. So that's when I started hiring life coaches and business coaches and joining these group programs to truly help me start piecing together the foundations of starting an online business. So when you were working on your own a little bit before you hired the mentor, what were you doing during that phase? And did you find any clients or get your business off the ground? Or did that really start to happen after you started working with the mentor? So it didn't really happen right away. I was just at the time learning like how to show up on social media. I was learning how to express myself through content marketing, but also I didn't really know how to market and sell through content online. So it was a lot of like 
sharing my own experiences and perspectives, which is definitely a piece of content marketing and showing up online when you're running a business, but you truly have to be able to show people like, how are you solving their problem? How are you the solution to their problem? So at the time, it was kind of more about navigating social media, like getting comfortable with who am I in this online space, right? It's building that identity as well as an audience and a brand presence because at the time I wasn't really on social media. I'm more of the type that I like to be present and kind of focused and I wasn't always on social media to just scroll and see what other people were doing. So it was all very new to me. So I would say I was spending that time truly just kind of like putting myself out there and seeing what people reacted to. So at the time, I was not making money. I was not getting clients. In 2019 was when I started to really kind of find my groove and get a feel for, okay, what are the things that I'm sharing that are actually resonating with people? And that's when I started to have people like reach out to me and DM me like, hey, like I really admire the way that you're showing up online. How do you have so much confidence to just put yourself out there? Like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be happier in my career. And that's when I was starting to kind of feel out like, okay, how do I actually sell to people now and position myself as a solution to their problem? So that's kind of how all of that unfolded. And I had to truly feel out like how much do you actually give away before you say, okay, hey, if this is something that you're interested in, it sounds like you are more interested in a legit one-on-one coaching experience versus me just giving you like little tips and tricks through social media and like private messages or DMs and Instagrams. Yeah, that's an interesting point about that challenge. I think a lot of people probably go through that. How much do I give away online versus when should somebody shift to the services that I offer? And I will say this about your social media. I I think that you're so good at it. One thing I noticed is that you put questions in your stories a lot and you actually follow up with people when they answer them. I've answered them before and you send follow-up messages and you have a friendly exchange, which I think is great. Well, thank you so much. It's important to me to show up authentically online and to build true, genuine relationship. I think that's just something about me is that I care about people and I truly do have people's best interests at heart. I think because I'm just coming from a place of like, I truly just want to help and I want to get to know you and I'm curious about who you are and like your life. And if I can be of some assistance or help in some way, I feel like you need to make that genuine connection first before people will actually trust you and open up to you. And that's one of the things I really value when people share with me is that they're like, you're so genuine and like, you don't always get that online. Like you actually take the time to like go through my social media feed and read some of my posts and my captions to get to know me on a deeper level. And people and clients have always said to me, it kind of feels like I'm sitting down and talking to a friend and you create a safe space where I feel like I can open up to you. And I think for me, like, that's huge. That's so important because we don't always have that space to share and express ourselves. And that's one of the things that matters a lot to me is for women, especially women and mothers, even more specifically, is I want to give them a space where they feel seen and heard and understood. 
and where they feel like they can express themselves in any way that they feel like they can't <laughs> in the real world. Yeah. So what about when you were working with the mentor and the coaches, what were the biggest benefits of that kind of work for you? And what did you learn from the process? Oh, man, there's so many. Okay, so first thing is that obviously, like they've been where I wanted to go. Right. So I learned from them. And also, they're there to truly push you out of your comfort zone and to guide you to do things that maybe you wouldn't do if it was just you trying to like DIY yourself, right? We, we all have a comfort zone. We all have our edges and having a mentor and a coach truly does help you like borrow the belief from them to truly explore those edges and ultimately to move past them, right? And that's how transformation occurs. And it's doing those things that scare you over and over again repetitively until you build that confidence and like that subconscious programming that says like, no, this is who I am, right? And this is what I do. But having a mentor, it's, it's great because they can see things that you can't see in regards to your own blocks and your own fears. And it's just nice to know that you have someone in your corner that will hold your hand through that process because entrepreneurship is not something that you want to do alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's so true about working with other people and them being able to see things that you just can't see because you're in it and you're so close to it. It can be really helpful to have other people's support just for that reason. Yes, they definitely serve as a mirror, right? And a great mentor and coach will reflect back to you where you're, you are potentially holding yourself back or where you can see things in a different way. Did you find that you had to go through any coaching training yourself before you started offering your services or did you feel ready to kind of dive into it? So I actually, I did not have any type of like coaching certifications for my first couple of clients. But I truly did believe in my ability to hold space for people. One of my top strengths is communication, but also listening. Like I'm really good at active listening and being able to kind of reiterate back to someone what I think they're saying, but also show them like, hmm, have you ever considered this? Or you said this, but it sounds like there's something underneath of that. So because I've held leadership roles, in my corporate career, being a leader, most of that is just listening to your people, right? And kind of like being in it with them. So I think that really supported me in just being able to show up as a great coach. Obviously, there came a time where I just, I value like educating myself. I believe in furthering my own knowledge and my expertise and deepening it in that way. So I did actually go to kind of like a local college to get a certification in life coaching specifically because I really just wanted to ensure that I was just understanding conceptually and technically like what is the experience that I want to take someone through? What is that step-by-step -step process? So I did actually go to a local school to get certified in coaching. I'm glad I didn't really go to specialized right away. Because when you're first starting out, you're just kind of navigating everything. And you're really starting to like understand how do I want to support my clients and in what ways and through what modalities. So 
I think it was really smart to go a little bit more general at first. And I'm finally at a place where I'm starting to see where I want to be a little bit more niche or specialized in regards to the type of coaching support that I provide to my clients. So I very much believe in spirituality and energetics and mindset and things like that. So on the horizon, I definitely see myself taking some type of like NLP, neuro-linguistic programming certification, or even going a little bit deeper into certain types of spiritual modalities, healing modalities, maybe even becoming like trauma-informed and certified. That's interesting to hear the way you're thinking about specializing based on the experiences that you've had. And I think active listening, like you said, is such an important skill. I I can totally see why you felt sort of ready to go having that skill. That's one of the most important things in a coach, I think. How did you actually get your business off the ground? Was social media sort of the way that you did it? And if so, how did you build followers? And do you remember your first client? So that's a lot of questions at once. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how did I get my business off of the ground? It most definitely was through social media. I actually didn't do anything locally. It's funny because I'm actually now starting to think about how do I want to spread my business in a more local way. Um, I think because we're kind of like post-pandemic, I truly crave in-person connection. I think it's more intimate and transformative experience when you can meet clients face to face. So that's something that I'm just starting to explore. But yes, I got my business off of the ground just through social media and all organically. Like when you're first starting out, it doesn't really make sense to try to do like paid advertising or things like that, because you're honestly just learning about who you actually want to help and how you want to help them. And in order for ads to work, you have to be really, really specific and like tight and clear in your messaging in order for those things to convert. So the way that I built my business was just getting super clear on like, who is the one person that I know I want to help? How exactly am I helping them? What offer am I providing to them? And how am I positioning myself in front of them? So once I got clear in that way, I started getting better and better about creating content. So a great way to build your business organically is through content marketing. And that means you are sharing information, education, knowledge online, on your personal profiles. You know, we have Facebook stories, Instagram stories, there's other Facebook groups and communities. So there are so many ways that you can truly build awareness about who you are, what you do, who you help, and how you help them. And that's truly how I got started. It was really just building that skill of how am I articulating all of that through my words and through my content online. So that was really how I got my business off the ground. So my first client, she was actually somebody that I knew from when I was a child and her mom used to cut my mom's hair. I spent a lot of time in her mom's basement sitting there in like a little fold out chair while her mom cut my mom's hair. And we would have some interactions when she would like come into the basement to like ask her mom something. But we stayed connected through social media. And because I was kind of putting myself out there and just sharing vulnerably about my own life and what I was doing in my business, she was actually the first one to reach out to me and be like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Like, I want to do that. 
And she was also somebody who struggled with anxiety. And I am someone who also has struggled with anxiety my entire life. So like, that's a part of my story too. And something that I don't share as much anymore, but I was sharing it at the time. And that's really what caused her to reach out. And it was interesting and also really scary. It's like, oh my God, it's like having a kid almost. You're like, wow, I'm like responsible for this person and helping them. So like, it was exciting and exhilarating but also there's always that fear of like can I really do this what am I doing like who do you think you are so I had to work through all of the mindset drama and the fears that come up with doing something that feels really big and really different yeah I mean I would guess that most people have that feeling starting something new I had that feeling starting this podcast you know it just feels really uncomfortable and you have that imposter syndrome. Should I be doing this? And I think what you said about sharing vulnerably online is interesting because that can be challenging to do. Does that come easily to you? Or I mean, I tried to do that sometimes as well. I just recorded a podcast episode and I'm listening back and editing it. And I'm like, oh, should I have said that? Maybe that's too personal. Did you have to get comfortable with that? It's so funny because I think we're always our own worst critic, right? And the reality is that no one is judging us as hard as we're judging ourselves. And I think that there is an eloquent way to be vulnerable without, I guess, airing your dirty laundry, right? But to each his own, I try not to judge because I feel like if they feel like they need to express themselves in a way that feels too much to someone else, then that's really not your problem. That's the other person's problem if it feels triggering in any way. And I think it's just a matter of self-awareness. It's like, am I putting this out there for me? And why? And what is the energy that I'm sharing from? Is this some type of like, quote unquote, wound that needs to kind of be explored a little bit? Is it something that's not fully healed? Like, why am I sharing this thing? And I think having that level of self-awareness is huge when you are, again, in that place of like self-discovery or just putting yourself out there, whether that be through a business or content marketing or a podcast or whatever it is. It's like, why am I sharing this? And where am I sharing this? from from an energetic perspective. But in regards to kind of navigating vulnerability, one of my top core values is storytelling. And I think that because that's one of my top core values, it allows me to just naturally share from a place of authenticity. And when I'm sharing from that vulnerable place, I try to not just make it about me, right? Because I am a business owner. And yes, I want people to be able to see themselves in my stories. But I also try to like, suss out like a lesson for somebody like, how can I make this more valuable? How can I make this more relevant or more impactful or more educational to the end user, the human being that's on the other end reading what it is I'm writing. And that I think truly helps me kind of infuse or blend my own expression and my own brand with supporting and truly helping and adding value to my clients. So I teach this concept called elevated content. And it's essentially in the simplest form, it's the idea of like saying what you want to say, but also telling your client what they need to hear. The intersection of that, of that little Venn diagram, if you could imagine it that way, is the beautiful blend of what makes you stand out and what elevates you above what can be a really noisy place online, you know? Well, I would love to hear about the services you offer, your coaching packages, your Facebook group, if you have group programs, and if you could also talk about your ideal client. 
So when I started my business, I started out just with one-on-one coaching. And I feel like I had gotten to a place where that, again, kind of felt like I put myself into a little bit of a box. And I've just started to kind of break out of that. I guess it was like the beginning of the year I started to experiment with different offers and really exploring my creativity in that way. So I currently offer, well, obviously, like I have just a free community and it's a great place to really experience other women who are on a similar journey. And this is probably the point where it would be helpful to kind of describe the type of woman that I serve. And it truly is that woman who you could say maybe quote unquote, she's midlife, but generally my clients are any, anywhere between the ages of like, I would say 25 to 45. And if you think about her on a spectrum, she could be the woman that I was, right? Who was like, oh, I don't know. I just, I feel like I have this bigger calling and this bigger purpose. I feel a little stuck personally and professionally. I really don't know who I am or what I want. And I kind of need to rediscover myself in that way. And I am actually just starting to create a new group program that will be exactly for that type of a woman. And then there's also the woman who is a really maybe creative, multi-passionate professional. And she has all of these ideas and maybe desires to start a business of her own, but she isn't really sure what business to start or how to start it. And I have a 90-minute, I call it the employee to entrepreneur (laughs) VIP session. And essentially what that is, is like helping you to like take all of your creative ideas and truly hone in on the one that you feel most passionate about, but also the one that's going to be the most profitable for you. So it's really getting clear on like that business idea and those like first couple of steps that you need to take to truly give your business some wings and and really put it out there and get it off the ground. And then there's the working mother who's out there and she's like, you know, my career is pretty good and I make really decent money. But again, like I feel like I show up to work and it's not me. I feel like I can't be myself. I have this creativity and maybe this like inner artist inside of me. And I know I want to help people. And I can't really see myself doing my job until retirement. She's Googling like, how do I start my business? So I do have another coaching program, which used to be a one-on-one program, but I'm turning it into a group program, kind of like revamping and rehauling my entire product suite of offerings. But this is going to be for the working mother who really knows that she wants to build a legacy, right? She knows that she has a purpose and she wants to help people, but she's not really sure how to do it. And she's not sure how she can do it alongside a demanding career while also being a good mom, right? So there's those programs. And then I also have my higher touch, more intimate one-on-one coaching. And essentially it's for all of the women that I just described to you, but it's for the woman who is really looking for that kind of like hands-on intimate support. So in addition to all the offerings that Michelle just talked about, she also launched a group coaching program in August called Rewritten. It's a six-week program for mothers. It has started already, and I don't know what Michelle's plans are for the program in the future, but sometimes group coaching programs like this are offered again and again, so it's worth reaching out to her if you're interested. So what is Rewritten? I'm taking this directly from Michelle's Instagram feed. This program is for women who are ready to revolutionize mother and motherhood, reclaim their womanhood, and reignite their purpose. So it's supposed to help moms feel like themselves again, which is amazing because in my experience, one of the biggest struggles with being 
a mom or a parent, especially a new mom when your kids are young and not in school yet, is holding onto your identity apart from being a parent. And the idea of rewritten, as I understand it from looking at Michelle's posts, is that if you maintain your own identity and have a healthy relationship with yourself, you'll set a good example for your kids and you'll be able to be more present when you are with them. So just to give you an example of some of the topics that Michelle might talk about during this program, she did run a little mini training on her IG stories not too long ago about some of the struggles that moms have when they feel like they can't make time for themselves. And she gave two tips on how to find that me time. First, she said that me time doesn't have to be alone time. That was the first tip. I thought that was a great one. You can take your kids with you to meet up with friends and maybe your kids will play with your friends' kids or they'll have another way to entertain themselves and you can have adult conversation. And then the second tip was that me time doesn't have to happen in big chunks of time. Another good one. You can give yourself small chunks of me time every day and all of that time collectively might add up to you feeling more balanced. So hopefully that gives you a little flavor for Michelle's group coaching program. Some of the things she might talk about, I know we're just scratching the the tip of the iceberg as they say, and this is just one of several services that she offers. So now Michelle is going to share some stories about her clients to give an even better idea of how she works as a life and business coach. So I had one client, she was an HR professional and she was a mom of four kiddos and she basically was like, I really love DIY. And she has a consultant background. And she was like, I love like redesigning spaces in the home. Her vision and mission was like, I really want to help other women and moms make their home like a soft place to land. And that really spoke to me. Like it gave me like the cozy vibes, right? So what we did was we really looked at all of her passions and what she's really good at. And it's funny because it's like, there are always so many options, right? But it's like, what makes the most sense for you right now in regards to like what you want to do, but also what you feel like you have the capacity to do. So we kind of created like a launch runway, if you will, in regards to the types of offerings and services that she wanted to provide. So we started her with this girls night DIY virtual experience, which I thought was really cool. So that was something that was kind of like a lower ticket item for her. And then she also just started talking to like her neighbors and stuff locally about what she was doing. And they were like, hey, could you come into like my home and maybe look at redesigning this specific space for me? So that was really fun. She was a client who was like, I know, like, I don't want to leave my job right now. She was like, but I want options. And we worked to really understand, okay, well, how can we take all of your passions and turn them into different offerings for people so that it gives you the flexibility to pick and choose what makes sense for you right now and what makes sense for you in the future. So it's all about like being strategic and having a plan. And I never tell clients there's a right way. I always try to like have them take a more intuitive approach of what do you want to do right now? And also what do you have time for? What makes sense for you right now? So she's thriving in that way. And then There was another client of mine. She basically started a network marketing business. And through our early discussions, she found out, I actually don't really like selling products. (laughs) Like, I totally understand that because I started the same way. I literally 
you know, when I first started and we didn't even get into this, like I started with Beachbody and then I was trying to sell whitening toothpaste, kind of crazy. But I, what I quickly realized was like, I actually don't like selling products and neither did this particular client. So when we started to dig into like her story, her backstory, her lived experiences, what she goes through, what she realized is like, I actually want to help women who are suffering from anxiety. So the more aligned business for her was a coaching business. And I find that a lot is that when most clients are looking for their purpose, what we come to find is that it's usually drawn from life experiences that they have gone through or are currently going through that they feel really connected to, that they feel really passionate about, or that they feel they've been kind of transformed or impacted in some way. And now they want to take that lived experience and all of that knowledge and help other people that are going through the same thing. So those are just two examples of clients that stick out in my mind, but it is a process. And I would say some clients take off more quickly than others. It's kind of just based on who you are and the skill set that you already have. And I would say a lot of the skills that you currently have are definitely transferable, but there are new skills that need to be learned when you're just starting out. And a lot of times it's not even just about the business strategy, but it's about the lifestyle design, right? It's about the mindset work of just being able to show up and working on the self-discipline of like, what are the few things that you need to be focusing on in your business and working at every day that are going to move the needle for you. So that's really important. And that's really what I tend to focus on with clients is like the business foundations. That's what I feel really passionate about. Yeah, those stories are really helpful. Thank you. I'm going to ask you about money next. When I was very, you know, pretty young in my 20s, I went through a nutrition education program and I was trying to be a health coach. And I always found it really hard to try to, again, I was a lot younger, but I always found it really hard to tell people how much I was charging for these services and to feel comfortable with that and to know my own worth. So I was wondering what your experience of that was. So I actually started charging high, higher ticket right off of the bat. So I was charging $2,000 for a three-month coaching experience. And I would say, yes, there was like a little bit of mind drama at the time about like, well, is what I'm kind of offering to this individual worth the price? And I think that that's really common and normal when you're just getting started because it's something new that you're doing. And also when you haven't worked with a ton of people, there's always the question of like, oh my God, are they going to get results? And what if they don't get results? Like, And what if they feel like it wasn't worth the investment? That has never been my experience. I've never had an experience where people have come back and said, this wasn't worth the investment or I want my money back. Now, I will say that I did have a client who, even just based on the nature of what we discussed in our coaching calls, like she actually needed therapy. So what was once going to be kind of like a longer term engagement, we decided actually we're going to end this after four weeks because now we know you actually need 
more support and support in a way that I can't provide. I'm not a licensed therapist. I can't help you in that way. So you probably have heard it like money mindset. What's your money mindset? What is your own relationship to money? So I think, again, back to the self-awareness piece, it's like if you are feeling some sort of way, whether it's uncomfortable or out of integrity in regards to what you're charging, asking yourself why, like where is that sense of dis-ease or discomfort coming from and exploring that for yourself because I think it's really important. We have all grown up in different home environments, in different societies. All of that shapes your beliefs about money, what's possible, what's right, what's not right. And I think, you know, when you start down the entrepreneurial path, it all kind of comes to the surface and you're tested in that way to truly understand what do I believe about money? And what am I making this mean about my own self-worth? So it's, it's definitely something to be explored. For me, having been in business for a while now, it comes back to intuition. It's kind of like, there's no right or wrong. I'm like, I know what this experience is. I know the energy and the effort I'm putting into it. I know the results that people are going to get at the end. So if you think about a spectrum and try to say like, what's the price that makes the most sense? And I place that right in the middle. And then it's like, hmm, if I shifted a little bit to the right and I went a little higher, would that still feel good to me? And would it also make sense for my client to pay? And would they be happy to pay that? It's more of an intuitive approach, but that's the way that I like to think about pricing and charging. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. I think that's always a struggle for people. And also an important point, I think, about money mindset and maybe, you know, internal work, looking internally if you're sort of struggling with money and that aspect of your business. So I know you have three kids. I do as well. You're working full time at your corporate job and you're working on your business. How in the world do you balance all of these roles? Because that's a lot for one person. Yeah, I didn't really balance it that well in the beginning. You know, one of the risks and challenges was the balance piece of it. I was so excited about this new endeavor and I was willing to kind of sacrifice in the beginning and sacrifice my own well-being. I wouldn't say I risked my marriage, but it was challenging, right? Because, you know, there's already so much going on. And at the end of the day, it can feel like we're ships passing in the night, right? And it's like, it's easy to like, take time away from other areas of your life because you want something to work or because you're so invested or you're so passionate about, you know, what you're doing to start your business and get it off the ground. So it took time and it took a lot of blind faith. And honestly, when it came to my marriage, just constant communication, being able to like say the hard things and have the hard conversations and being open to feedback from my partner when he said, I feel like I don't have any time with you right? Because a lot of times it was like at the end of the day or at the end of the night after we got the kids down, it was like, all right, I'm breaking out my laptop and I'm going to work on my business. And a lot of times I did that until, you know, 1130, 12 o'clock at night. But it was because I was learning how to figure out my process and my balance, right? What does that look like for me? And the better I got at running a business, building a business, writing content, the easier it was to kind of say, no, this is actually not how I want to design my life as I'm building my business. So now I really am hyper-focused on like, what are my goals? What is it going to take for me to reach those goals? And what are my non-negotiables when it comes to my business, my marriage, to my, my lifestyle, and my overall well-being? Because 
if I'm building a business from an empty cup, it's going to be half-assed and it's not going to feel very good to the people on the other end that I'm trying to serve and support. And it's also not going to feel good to my husband <laughs> when I have zero energy left to give at the end of the day to even just have a conversation of like, hey, how was your day? How are things going? So I would say that was really challenging in the beginning. And it's just, it was something that I had to work through. It was a process and a journey. And I feel like I'm finally more stabilized in the sense that like, okay, I know that now on Fridays, I keep that pretty open. I don't have tons of meetings on my calendar on Fridays for work. So I will get done what I need to get done for my career. But then I'm focusing on like, okay, creating content for the following week or, you know, reviewing client notes and following up with clients. So I think it's figuring out what are your goals, right? What's a priority to you? And what is your process for creating a life that feels good? <laughs> but it's assessing what's working and what's not working and truly taking the time to figure that out for yourself. Yeah, it sounds like you have to kind of get in it and then figure things out from there once you're actually like doing it. Yes, I would say structure is important, really important. You have to be focused. You have to know what you're working on. And like when I first started, like really started gaining momentum um, during the pandemic, I was like, okay, like I need to time block. I need better time management skills and strategies here because I felt all over the place and I felt very disorganized. So it's kind of like, now I know what I need to focus on. I know how all of it aligns to my goals. Right. I know when I'm kind of leaning too far into one area, if I'm leaning too far into my business or if I'm not spending enough time in my business. So it's it truly is back to the like self-awareness and the energy that you're putting into or expending in certain places and like where do you need to adjust. So tell me about writing and what the process was like putting out your book. I think it's called Intuitive Speaking Her Truth. It is. It's not solely my book. I was a contributor. Oh, okay. It's a multi-author book. I was a contributor to a chapter in that book, but I'm so damn proud of it. It was such a, an amazing experience, and I would like to say one that I actually manifested. If we have time to give a little bit of backstory, I can give you like the quick and dirty of like how that came to be. Yes, please do. I'd love to hear it. So prior to starting my life coaching business, when I was doing all of my self-discovery work, I was just having so many like downloads and just bursts of inspiration and creative ideas of like, what do I want to do? Like, what do I want to create in the world? And when I had first joined that group coaching program, I was like, everybody has a story. Like, how cool is that? Everybody has a story and a different lived experience. But here we are all feeling like we have a deeper call and a deeper purpose in life. And we're exploring that together. And I was like, wow, it'd be so cool to really like, maybe try to like, capture other people's stories in like a compilation, right? And I was thinking about it in this way. And I was like, I would love to do that. I would love to put a book out that has like, multiple women's stories in it. And for whatever reason, it kind of just didn't happen. And it fell off of the radar. Then I had started my own private Facebook community, and there was a woman named Bridget Holder. I actually don't know how she found me online, but she joined my Facebook group. And then I had seen that she was sharing on social media that she was going to be starting this book. And I was like, how cool. That's kind of exactly what I wanted to do, like a multi-author book. So originally, she had reached out to me about a different book. 
and I don't really know if, if you curse on this podcast, but it was it was called F Motherhood. And I was like, well, that doesn't really speak to me because motherhood, it's important to me. It's challenging. A lot of people say they lose their identity through motherhood. I think that, yeah, I, I guess in some ways I can relate to that, but I was like, eh, that's really not the book I want to contribute to. But then I saw she came out with a second one called Intuitive Speaking Her Truth. And that spoke directly to my heart and my soul. And I had reached out to her and I was like, I love the title of this book. It's speaking to me. You know, is that something that I could contribute to? And she was like, sure, fill out like this application and then we'll have a conversation about it. And we did. And she was basically like, I think you have so much to share. I would love to have you in this book. And it kind of happened really, really fast. I didn't even overthink it. I was just like, this spoke to me. It gave me chills. I want to do this. I reached out. I made it happen. And then it didn't feel hard or difficult at all. There were three stories from my life that I wanted to share that I felt aligned with kind of the, the I guess, the essence of the book as well as the title. And it's funny because I had done a ton of journaling through my self-discovery process. And when I was doing that, I would kind of just have I call them downloads, but like hits of inspiration. And it was, it kind of came through in my journaling as spiritual poetry, if you will. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm going to use those poems as the opening pieces of the three different parts of my chapter in the book. So it was, I would say it was like a, a healing experience for me, like three just standout moments in my life that I felt like I wanted to share around and tell my story around. And through that process, I feel like I healed parts of myself that still kind of like lingered in my mind and just parts of myself and parts of my story that I think about often in a way that feels emotional. And I think being able to express those parts of my life through words in a book that could touch the lives of other women just felt really healing. And it felt, it just felt right. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'd love to read your entry in that book. Where can people find it? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Okay, that's what I wondered. All right, great. I'll look it up. I just have one more question for you, Michelle. I'm actually going to, well, I guess I have two more. Okay, so what are you most proud of in terms of your business? And is there anything you wish you knew when you started your business? Yeah, I think what I'm most proud of is that like, I get to be an example of what's possible when I first start like working with clients or I'm even just exploring working together with people, they can't always see what's possible because we've been so conditioned to believe that, you know, there's a certain way to live or there's a certain path to happiness. There's a certain way to make money. And a lot of these women don't really feel like they can express their creative ideas or their dreams or their passions to people in their lives because they've been told their entire life that those things are frivolous and that they're just a hobby. You can't make money from those things. So I love that I, by going first, I get to be an example of what's possible for them. I'm also proud of just, it's really important to me to just hold, I like to call it like sacred space for women to truly share like the deepest, darkest parts of themselves and to feel expressed and seen, as I had mentioned previously, and just the impact that even just listening, just having the conversation can have on someone's life. And then finally, I would say making my own money, like that felt really good to like, start something from nothing. And I don't know, it feels like tying that back to the story about my dad, really killing himself to get to where he's at. He was the first person I reached out to 
when I landed and signed my first client. And I was just so proud because I wanted to show him that like, there's a different way. And like, if that's a path you want to take, it's available to you, you know, and not in like a condescending or like in your face type of way, but like, God, look, look at what's possible. (laughs) And I was so proud of that. I love that. And is there anything you wish you knew when you started your business? That it's okay to just be me. I think I felt a little, yes, I, I shared and I was vulnerable, but I think I kind of felt like I wish I gave myself permission to kind of even just express myself more fully when I first started, because honestly, that is truly the the thing, like the energy and the spirit of like what's going to truly like draw the people to you that you're meant to help. So I really want to thank Michelle Dickinson for being a guest on today's episode. We talked back in June and it's the end of August as I'm recording this, but I still remember having a lot of aha moments when she was talking. A couple of takeaways from today's episode. I loved what Michelle said about money mindset and pricing and how for her, figuring out how much to charge is an intuitive approach. I had this experience recently where I was offered a project. I mainly work with the same clients, so I'm not often setting my rate, but I had to think about my rate for a more longer term project. And I thought about Michelle and this conversation and trying to decide what rate to set did feel intuitive. You know, I had a gut feeling based on the length of the project, whether it would offer a growth opportunity, et cetera. And I think Michelle had a really good point. You know how much work you put into projects if you work for yourself and you are pricing. And you know what you bring to the table and you should feel confident standing with that. I also thought it was interesting to hear Michelle's perspective on social media and how she builds relationships online. I mentioned this, that I always find it difficult to find that balance between sharing interesting, vulnerable things about yourself that are relevant to your business, or in my case, your podcast, your project you're working on, but not oversharing. And I think Michelle's approach is a good one. She wants people to be able to see themselves in her stories, but she also wants those stories to be impactful and educational and helpful. To the person who is reading them or watching them, she tries to think about how she can add value while telling personal stories based on what her business is, what she's offering as a coach. So I really like that approach. So that is it for this month's episode. Thank you so much again to Michelle Dickinson. Her Instagram is linked in the show notes so you can connect with her. And I'm excited for content to come this fall. The next five episodes will all feature entrepreneurs from Baltimore. But of course, their stories and the inspiration they share and the wisdom they share is relevant no matter where you live. So I hope you'll tune in for those. Thank you so much for listening today and choosing to spend time with me and the We Built This Life podcast. And I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening today to We Built This Life. If you enjoyed the show or if you have constructive feedback, I would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also come say hi on Instagram. I'm at We Built This Life. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Have an amazing day and I'll see you soon.